Welcome back, everyone, to 101 Questions That Church Planters Ask. I'm your host, Danny Parmley, and we have a special guest with us today, Chris Highfill, who is the lead pastor, church planter of Grace River in St. Louis metro area. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. And we love uh, being a part of the 101 Questions Church Planters Ask. And so thanks so much for all this amazing content uh, that you put out all the time. Well, great. Well, today we're kind of going to be answering the question, you know, what are the best ways to engage in community? And one of the reasons that I brought you on is I know that this is a passion area for you and you're not only a church planter, but you also coach and train church planters. And you just recently got a promotion. I mean, you used to just be kind of over church planting in Missouri with uh, Converge, the the group that that I work with and that you work with, but you just got a, a, a promotion. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thanks. I got a great boss. His name's Danny Parmalee, and so uh, it's a it's a great time. And so we're we're helping people together, and I love it. It's been a a, a joy, and so I look forward to the next leg of the journey with you and uh, with Convergement America. Awesome. All right, so let's do this. I thought the best way that we can do this is go through ten very specific ways in which church planters can engage in their community. Some of them will spend a little bit more time on. Some will spend a little less time on. But I wanted you to start out because uh, one of the things that you did um, was to kind of join the Chamber of Commerce. So I'll let you start off. You've got number one. I'll take two and we'll just kind of go from there. Great, great. Well, you know, part of my church planting journey uh, was I was a student pastor before I was a church planter. And one of the reasons why I knew that I was going to plant a church is because I started enjoying time as a student pastor way more when I was outside of the office. Uh, and so whenever I went through a Converge Assessment Center, got assessed and got approved by Converge uh, as a church planter, one of the first things that they tell you to do uh, in Church Planting 101 is to join a Chamber of Commerce. And so um, before we even moved to our new area, we joined the Chamber. And so I called them on the phone and said, hey, what's a, what's a nonprofit membership uh, for a church? And uh, they had to look it up because it had been so long since a church had joined the Chamber. So I knew that was like an awesome sign. And um, so I started going to some meetings. Uh, they had a monthly luncheon that I would go to, and they, they had what was called leads groups, which is like little sales teams that work together on your behalf. And so people are marketing for you and helping you. And then I started volunteering at events uh, and helping them run 5Ks and different uh, events that they would have for fundraisers. Uh, and then one day they asked me to be on their board. Um, I had never sat on a board of anything. They interviewed me. Uh, for that position, and I got it. And then after a year of being on the board, they asked me to be on the executive team. And after a year of being on the executive team, they asked me to be uh, the vice president of the chamber. And here's the stupid thing. I'm a, I'm a business college dropout, but today I'm the president of the O'Fallon Chamber of Commerce and Industries. And in fact, when we get done here with this podcast, I've got to rush over to that, that place and do uh, board interviews for the next round of board members for the chamber. So I say all that not to brag on myself because I could come across like that. I say that to brag on God and to tell you that if you really want to meet people that are far from Jesus, you have to get woven into the fabric of the community. And one of the greatest ways you can do that is by joining something that's already happening. For me, uh, in our area where the movers and shakers were already gathering was the Chamber of Commerce. And so it was a no-brainer to join this group. And it has been amazing. A lot of people ask about the, the ROI or the return on the investment on this. And I, I need church planters uh, and pastors to think about, to think less about 
nickels and noses when it comes to being involved in things like this and more about influence and the opportunities that you have to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And so um, the chamber has been a really great uh, leg up in the community for us. I mean, I, I, I know the mayor personally because of the chamber. We know the school board superintendent, uh, the, the school superintendent personally. Uh, he's been there for 37 years and he considers me his pastor. Uh, and I've just, for context, I've lived here for six years. And so it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy thing that God has given us with the chamber. And, and I love it. I, I look at it really as my second church. And I get a chance to be the unofficial chaplain to this group of business leaders. And uh, it's a lot of fun. That's great. And a chamber of commerce is a pretty common thing within each city. And um, not everyone's story, obviously, is going to go the same as yours. But a church planner, especially if they're moving into a new area, can literally sign up and and join. Usually it costs money. How much it, if someone just wants to join the Chamber of Commerce? Because that's for any new business, church, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's around two to $300, uh, most chambers. Uh, and I, I encourage guys, you know, you know, really just, it may not be the chamber, but visit everything. Visit things that are going on in your community. There's other groups, other civic groups that meet. It may not be the chamber in your community. It, it was in my community. And so, um, there's all kinds of different civic groups that meet in every municipality and every town. Just find the one that's the easiest one to break into. Well, when I was a kid playing football, my dad told me to get in the shortest line possible because he knew that I didn't have like the greatest skills. And so, uh, I, I went out for defensive end because there was only one other defensive end. And so whenever he got hurt, I got to play. So that was my <laughs> thing. I just looked for the chamber is the shortest line possible. Nice. That's great. So I'm going to move on uh, to number two, which is very, very similar. That's a business improvement district. So a lot of times uh, cities will have this where if there's like a main street or something, you get involved uh, with that. And they're kind of all dedicated to this small group of business owners. And, and if you have a building or you're meeting in a downtown area, this is really important. One of our church planters in Arkansas has done this and it has just um, very, very similar to your story uh, with with the chamber, just kind of uh, interwoven him into all of the different things that are going on. And then now he's begun to get invitations to have uh, influence and stuff as well. So, yeah, th- that's awesome. And he is doing a great job. And uh, the next one is volunteer at a homeless shelter or soup kitchen. Uh, what's great about this is is that this is so simple for your team to get involved with too. This is something you can go do with a group of small groups. And so we've got one of these that we've adopted in our community. Uh, I know that we're, we're coaching a church planter in Kansas City right now who is in urban Kansas City, and he's doing an awesome job. Greg McKinney is doing a really, really great job at Glory Church, uh, volunteering in his community like this. In fact, Greg even gives away coats uh, during the wintertime. And I think last weekend he gave away soup and coats and gloves uh, just right on the street. And so there's a lot of great opportunities here, and there's a really good thing whenever you whenever you partner with something that's already happening like this, right? And and there's there's you, you mentioned something here that's really important. It's twofold because you're getting involved with with um, something, but it's something easy for your team members. Whereas the chamber might be just you as the lead planter doing it, doing something like you know a soup kitchen, homeless shelter. You now involve your team, and the big thing is not just for you to meet other people in the community, but um, for your team members uh, to do the same thing. So I'll take number four, and that would be coach youth sports. So usually there's some sort of rec department. Uh, What I found fascinating is that when my daughter was in uh, second and third grade, she joined soccer. 
And, you know, I was just watching. I didn't have time to help or participate. And I'm not like some superstar or anything. But I was watching the coach and I'm like, this guy is actually teaching them the wrong skills. And so I I had my daughter ask if he's ever even played soccer before. And the answer was no, uh, which to me, you know, was discouraging thinking of her, you know, future soccer skills. Uh, but I was encouraged thinking about this podcast, like, you know what? With these youth sports, just anybody who's willing to kind of wrangle the kids as they're running all over the field or whether it's baseball, softball, you know, little league, whatever, um, it is a way to get involved. And then you get to meet all of the parents as well, too. So that's another way to get involved in the community. Yeah, that's great. And I I know very little about sports myself. And I w- actually was one of those soccer coaches that Danny <laughs> described because I just thought, well, if I'm going to be here, I might as well coach my daughter's soccer team. But I know nothing about soccer, so I was watching YouTube clips about how to be a soccer coach before every practice. Great. Uh, I'll take number five, coaching or helping with high school sports. Uh, So this is a really great one, and it it all determines on, like, it it all hinges really on uh, your passion uh, and your skill sets, right? And so if you were, like, an all-star athlete in high school and you've got um, great leverage in this way, then use it in this way. And so... Uh, this is a really great way for you to connect with a lot of people. You can be, you know, depending on the school district, depending on the community, you can even be the unofficial chaplain or the official chaplain of that of that high school team. Uh, and also, you know, just being involved with parents. I think sometimes we get too locked down uh, with coaching or we get too locked down with leadership. And so sometimes it's just being a part of something like this too. One of the regrets I have about the chamber is, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I wish I wasn't the president. Uh, of the chamber because it, it it actually didn't help me win a lot of friends when I got to this level. Now I, I I wish I was still at the level where I was just friends with everybody. In the same way, when you coach something, when you're the head coach, um, it's it's hard because you, you're all the kids want equal play time. The parents want their kids having equal play time, and so maybe it's being the assistant coach, or maybe it's being uh, think of yourself as a servant on the team somehow. So don't make your end goal being I've got to be the head chief because if that's the case. You're, you're more focused on leadership and power and less fo- focused on influence. The big key here is influence on every one of these. Uh, and even when it comes to coaching, you can just be a- an assistant coach, uh, and that would be a really sweet spot. Yeah, that's great. All right, number six, uh, refugee resettlement or ESL programs. This usually is going to only be available in, in larger cities. Uh, our church plant that was in Milwaukee, we had a number of Burmese refugees that were coming in. And so uh, we actually partnered with an organization that as the refugees came in, we would help, um, you know, get them even the base. I mean, they came with absolutely nothing. So it was getting them a bad clothes and they knew no English whatsoever. They didn't know how to use a microwave. And so we did these programs where on Saturdays we would have um, you know, our church was was filled up with refugees, showing them even some basic cleaning skills and, you know, all sorts of uh, different things. So it was like they, they didn't have all these different chemicals. So it was like, here's how you read the bottle. Here's, you know, this is OK. You can't mix these two uh, and that type of, of thing. And it's just a really great way. Again, this is another one where you can involve uh, your uh, your team members in this and it serves a real purpose. That is awesome. And I think that's that's one of the greatest ideas you've shared, Danny. That's incredible. And I think about like what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible tells us to take care of people like this. And man, what an awesome opportunity the church has 
uh, to take care of foreigners. I think that's incredible. So number eight, um, after or number seven, after school programs. And so number seven, after school programs, um, even volunteering at, in, in a school. Now, here's the thing. Um, I used to do this when I was a student pastor, and I think this is one of the things that gave me a passion for being doing church outside of the walls of the church. I think that uh, after-school tutoring is incredible because every school uh, that is in your community may tell you that they're closed right now, like closed to outsiders helping, all those kind of things. But I'm telling you, every school needs help with tutoring. And so instead of always thinking, what's in it for us as a church or what's in it for me as a church planter, think of how you can help make the community better. And you may have educators or retired educators on your team. And man, when I say your team, I'm saying your launch team or somebody that just attends your church. Man, how incredible would it be to have some of these educators influencing in your school, uh, in the local school around you? And so after school tutoring is really great. Uh, when, when I did student ministry, I couldn't break into the local high school, like not break in illegally, but I couldn't like, uh, it was really difficult to, to gain traction in our local school. And so I walked up to the principal one day and I said, hey, is there anything I can do to help you? Uh, and he said, we have 45 students flunking out of algebra, uh, freshman algebra. Can you help tutor algebra? And the backstory is, is whenever I turned in my final algebra uh, test, whenever I was in college, I, I told my college professor, I'll never use this again. And he said, you'll be surprised. And so I turned that test in and a year later, one year later, um, that principal had that conversation with me. And I was all of a sudden a college, I was a high school algebra tutor teacher, uh, tutor. Uh, and so I, that was something that I had never done before. And, uh, I'm really glad that I don't currently do that now, but anyways, I'm telling you, God's got a sense of humor and, uh, we really need, uh, to think about how we can leverage in the community and after school tutoring or during school tutoring is a really great opportunity. That's great. And also if you are using a school uh, or you plan to use a school, the more stuff that you can actually do in the school to just kind of reinforce that you're not just renters, but you're there to serve them is great. All right. Number eight is uh, doing booths at community events. And I know that this may seem like it's just kind of a, a marketing thing. Uh, it's not. It does play a role in kind of the the awareness, but this is kind of linked as well to number one and number two is like the business improvement district and the chamber. Anytime there are these street, you know, block parties, these, you know, art festivals, whether whatever it is, if there are ways that you can set up a booth, put the church name on it. And uh, my opinion is the best thing that you can do is actually to sell something and to sell something at a low cost. And here's why, instead of just giving it away for free, people are skeptical of churches that give away something for free because they sense and or know that it's bait and switch. Like, hey, would you like a, this free water? Oh, now that I've got your ear, I'd like to tell you <laughs> about our church. And I'd like to also tell you about your sins and why you're going to hell unless I pray with you right here, right now. So instead, uh, one of the things that we would do is we would you know, sell nachos, we would sell snow cones, and we would just sell it at a low price because people would be like, I want some nachos right now. So I, I will get those nachos for a dollar. And yes, we would lose money. Maybe it would probably cost us a buck 25, you know, per thing that we were kind of selling, but it gave that opportunity. And we just had fun. We had t-shirts on and we would, we would give them an invite. Um, but we left it at that. We wouldn't give them their nachos and try to shove Jesus down their throat. And we had so many natural 
uh, conversations with people and then people that were actually looking for an excuse. Maybe it was a husband and a wife and it was like, oh, I want some nachos because they wanted to find out more about the church. They saw a group of normal looking people that were having fun, you know, in, in the tent, in the booth, uh, selling it. And it was awesome. And yes, we had people, definitely hundreds of people come to our church because of the booth, but we even had people that came to Christ directly from coming to the booth and then uh, coming to church uh, the next week. So one of our guys is even, you know, he, he's kind of even called himself the poster child for you know wanting to do these booths all the time because he came to Christ because he wanted some nachos. And we were at one of those, uh, one of those street festivals. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you call him the nacho guy, right? Yep. Yep. That's really great. And so how often, uh, how often would you, if you're in like pre-launch phase, Danny, how yep. often would you recommend uh, guys doing these kind of events or teams doing these kind of events? Especially in pre-launch and all of them. I mean, th- there's usually probably two to three per summer. I mean, depending on on where you're at, get get that tent up, get you know, get your um, get your t-shirts on, and it just you'll you'll grow your team from that. And you can say, hey, yeah, we're not we're we're, we're a church that's coming to town. We're not launching, you know, publicly, but hey, we'd love to, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd love to meet you. And of course the the lead planter pastor has to be at all of those and people need to be trained to kind of mm-hmm. funnel people towards uh towards yeah. you but as many of those as you can do those events helped us gigantic in pre-launch we we bought some b- drink backpack dispensers and we would give away uh drinks at events like this and it was uh different than what you did with charging but we also didn't try to bait and switch them we weren't like aggressive after their email address and their phone numbers and stuff like that cuz people get weird but we we yeah. also uh, added to our team. And it was a, you know, you always get sunburn on those days. It's always <laughs> exhausting, but man, it, it was such an incredible way and still is an incredible way. We still use those events uh, to help connect new people to our church. That's great. So uh, number nine is uh, participate in local events. So cleanup events, Earth Day, things like that, tree planting, anything that you can do uh, that's already happening in your community, just join in with it. And you'll, you'll be shocked at who is shocked that you're there as a church. And so uh, usually the kind of people that participate in these kind of civic cleanup days are a little more liberal leaning sometimes in their political beliefs. And they are shocked when a church shows up because usually the church is, is insulated and we're doing events inside within our community. And so f- for us to take a step outside of our own little church community and step into the community, people are always blown away when that happens. And I, I think it would be incredible if you were one of those churches that was shocking people that because listen, those kind of people are usually the people that are spiritually disconnected, and so yeah. it's a whole new group of people for you to connect with. And so, if you're a, a planter looking to connect with people that are spiritually disconnected, which my hope is you are that kind of planter, uh, that you're not just planting a church uh, to be able to take people from other churches or Christians from other churches. This is a great way for you to roll your sleeves up in the community and uh, really destroy stereotypes of Christians. And so this is a really great chance for you to do that. And so circle Earth Day, look at uh, on the calendar, look at uh, like, you know, every community has kind of a community cleanup day, roll your sleeves up as a as a launch team and do something awesome together like this. That's great. I love it. Uh, It is totally a breaking of the stereotypes and uh, church people just are not expected to show up. So if you even know whoever the the coordinator is, is say, hey, I'm coming to this and I'm bringing a bunch of people and allow that to even and say, you can count on us and call us if you need, 
you know, um, extra coordinating, call us if you need extra workers, we're ready to kind of do this thing. All right, the last one that I'll share, number 10 is police chaplaincy or ride-alongs. This will be fewer people because uh, usually this is some sort of program that you have to go through to get certified to do this. It's not a huge thing, but one of our campus pastors uh, did this and it was phenomenal. And the ministry opportunity was huge because it was ministry opportunity really, first of all, to the to the police force. Uh, he would ride along and uh, just get to hear the different things that uh, the you know frontline um, you know workers were were dealing with uh, just on an emotional uh, and spiritual basis and you know able to pray for them and and offer wisdom and encouragement. but also then you know you have the harder things where if you're the police chaplain and there's you know, an accident or someone's hurt. Uh, sometimes you go along and you're the one that delivers that news to the family along with uh, the uh, with with the police officers. But if you want to talk about getting embedded into the community and then learning your community, our campus pastor he he got the ins and outs of every block of things that were going on in the community, family, political stuff, everything. Mm-hmm. And so it was a huge opportunity to again, uh, you know, be woven into the fabric uh, of the community. So, all right, Chris, we're about done with our 10 here, but are there any last minute ones that you just want to just rapid fire, kind of throw them off in there? I know you have tons of ideas uh, for uh, community kind of engagement. Yeah, just some quick ones. And this isn't for everybody. You know, if you're in kind of a suburban context, uh, summer movie nights in the park are great, especially if you're looking to reach young families. And so that's something that we did. And so, uh, movie nights in the park, basically bring a projector, get the movie rights from a movie rights company and show a movie. Uh, don't do this in the dead of the summer when it's crazy hot and the days are long. Do it somewhere closer to the beginning or the end of the summer. We also did ice cream truck takeovers. And so if you're in a suburban context, um, or it doesn't really matter what context you're in, to be honest, you can rent an ice cream truck. And basically what you're doing is is you are going to pools and other pe- places where people gather in the summertime, and you're just letting anybody buy ice cream, and you just you're just paying for it, no strings attached. And so um, that's what we did. Do you, I think to, we did like do you a, get to drive? Do you get to yeah, drive I, the ice cream I, truck? I actually drove the ice cream truck, um, <laughs> and it was awesome. So that was part of the deal. Was I said I needed to at least drive to one stop, and so um, and so, uh, but 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 basically, it's a, a really great opportunity to connect with all kinds of people because usually parents are standing around and they're kind of blown away by it realtors do this. And I stole that idea from them. You can take over a coffee shop for an hour. And so the local coffee shop or even a Starbucks and just give out gift cards as people walk in and tell them the coffee's on you. And so uh, and when I say you, the name of your church, uh, Danny mentioned first responders, but man, right now is a great opportunity to love our first responders, responders, especially in the middle of all the chaos that our culture is going through right now. And then generosity cards, um, finding uh, business size cards, creating a business size card, uh, for your people to use and pay for people's meal in drive-through restaurants uh, with no strings attached uh, is just an incredible way to be generous. Generosity is the new evangelism. And so if you can find ways to be generous, I mean, take over a laundromat and pay for everybody's laundry on a Saturday. Uh, these are usually people in lower socioeconomic areas. And so this is a really great opportunity to love people. Well, and guess what? You can have a spiritual conversation with them uh, because they're there waiting on their laundry to get done, right? And so you can pray for them, you can talk to them, just make sure you're not weird when you do it. And so that's uh, that's my only caution on that. 
Hey, uh, explain to me how it works with the generosity card. So you're saying you print a bunch of those off. Uh, one side would say, you know, the name of the church, I'm assuming, and, and and you know, when the service times are, and then the back would say, you know, you, you've, been, you've been blessed, blah, 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 or something. So then what, you go through a Starbucks, you pay for the person behind you and say, I just want you to give them this card and tell them it's been taken care of for them. That's exactly it. That's the exact deal. And so if you want samples of that, uh, we can give you uh, those on Dan- Danny's website at Church Planters Ask. If you want to look at what a sample of what Grace River does for that, we can totally uh, give that resource away. Totally happy to do it. Yeah, that's great. We'll we'll put that on the blog um, so that people can see it there. If you want to um, send me a couple of those, Chris, we'll we'll put that so that listeners uh, can can head over. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Hopefully, you were blessed by this. And Chris, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. And remember, head over to the blog, churchplantersask.com. And if you have questions, you can uh, direct message us, leave us a message there. And until next time, keep asking those questions. 